The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Up Close with Chris Tinney. Don't forget to visit ChrisTinney.com for more information about today's topics and download the new Spread Peace app that makes it easy to take action and advocate for the causes you care about. And now, here's your host, Chris Tinney. Welcome to Up Close with Chris Tinney, and boy, do we have a great show for you today. You know, when I first heard that hemp could heal the planet, I thought those were some pretty big words. I thought, you know, I know a lot of people that are out there doing a lot of good work. Matter of fact, that's what this show is about, hanging out with me and my friends and and getting inspired by all the things people are doing. So I really thought that was a bold statement. But the more that I looked at hemp, the more I learned about it, the more I realized that hemp really can help heal the planet. Did you know that they planted it at the Chernobyl nuclear disaster to help heal the soil because it pulls toxins out of the soil while it grows? Matter of fact, it grows without pesticides, meaning we keep our farmers safe. Well, we would keep our farmers safe, but we don't let our farmers grow it. Now, here's the thing that's going to really blow your mind. Hemp was seen as imperative for the security of our country. Our colonists were required to grow hemp. Canvas comes from cannabis. In World War, during the World War, they were given subsidies. The government even created a, a movie called Hemp for Victory. I have it on my Facebook page. Many of you have seen that. But what happened? What happened is that big business got involved because it threatened their billion-dollar industry. As a matter of fact, Hoover, when he was president, appointed Andrew Mellon as his secretary of treasury. And he happens to be the number one investor in DuPont. Now, what do you think would happen to DuPont with all the money they made from cotton and Hearst, with all the money they made from, from paper, if hemp became illegal? So they purposely went out and got a Mexican word called marijuana, with an H, it was the way they spelt it back then, and began to slander hemp to say that it caused, <laughs> watch Reefer Madness. It ends with tell your children, insanity. And now, we, now America is waking up. America is waking up to the fact that we should be putting our own farmers back to work. America is the number one importer. of. We import more hemp than any other country, and yet we are the only industrialized country that does not let our own farmers grow it. As a matter of fact, the Hemp Industries Association, we're getting ready to speak to Andrea Herman, who works with them. She served on the board as, as vice president. She's been worked uh, on projects with Canadian Hemp Trade Alliance, Hemp Technologies. She's the president of that. They're building hempcrete houses. How cool is that? We're going to talk to her, and then we're going to talk to Bruce Perlowin, who's the CEO of Hemp Inc., the first publicly traded company passionate and dedicated to bringing hemp products to market. So I, I, it's with great pleasure I introduce you to Andrea Herman. Andrea, are you there? I am, Chris. 
Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I had the uh, pleasure of seeing you at a, a matter of fact, it was another public company that had uh, brought you into their convention to speak about hemp. It was fascinating to see you working with the farmers to change over their equipment, uh, everything that you're doing at Hemp Industries Association. And, and now I, you know, with Hemp Technologies, I was on your Facebook page, all the exciting things you're involved in there. Maybe for those people that are out there that are confused like me, it seems like every couple months I, feel, I hear that some bill passed and we're going to be able to grow hemp. And then I find out, no, that was for research only. And now I see on your website, there's another bill that was introduced January 15th. Can you just tell people, um, first, maybe, why is hemp important? Uh, did I overstate it there in the intro? And then kind of tell us where we are in terms of finally getting to the point where we allow our own farmers to grow hemp and put them to work. Oh, Chris, you're so right. And it's so great to reconnect with you after all these years, fond memories of our meeting at the Forever <laughs> Green Conference. You know, industrial hemp, the thing about it is that the agricultural crop, it's so diversified. I mean, it's not only diversified in the products that it can produce, but it also can diversify the farm and increase the farmer's farm gate. And this is what we want to do around the globe is keep farmers farming crops that make sense, not only make sense when it comes to the nutritional profile, but make sense for all the other final products. And we've barely scratched the surface globally about what we can do with industrial hemp is incorporating it into products and having it as an alternative or in addition to in, in, along with other products that are already on the market. So we can improve those. We can diversify the current products. So, you know, as, as a crop, it just makes sense, especially if you look at something like the, you know, preliminary research coming out looking at the impact of hemp in rotation with uh, hemp in rotation and the effect that has on nematode cysts. Seeing some preliminary research having, you know, a, even up to a 30% reduction in, in, in nematode cysts, which is a global problem when it comes into agriculture. So it is a crop that does make sense. Now, Chris, one of the things that you were talking about was, you know, where do we stand in the United States currently? So every state has, well, states that have their own legislation, each of those legislations is a bit different. There is, there there is a, a line in there of commonality. Typically, that commonality is based around THC level of 0.3% or less. Now, in the EU, it's 0.2%, Canada, 0.3%, and now that's in the plant material itself. So currently, right now in the U.S., we have Section 7606 of the Farm Bill. Now, that Farm Bill, as your listeners may know, allows for state ag departments or places of higher education. So that means any place that you are in, you can get something that would make you employable after two years. So that includes lots of technical schools, technical colleges, and universities, and the state ag department can start rolling out hemp research. Now that can be on-site in an ag department or university or place of higher academia, or it can be in collaboration with producer cooperators, depending on how the state law is. Now, the situation with Section 7606 is it did not prevent or stop the need to have DEA clearance to import viable planting seed, which thankfully now, with having Section 7606 and the Omnius Bill, um, which has just repassed, now the Omnius Bill is for the Commerce, Justice, and Science and Regulated Agencies Appropriations Act of 2015, and that is the money that funds essentially the Department of Justice, thus the DOJ um, and the DEA. And 
thus this act basically says none of the funds made available in this act may be used to contravene Section 7606, the legitimacy of industrial hemp research of the Agricultural Act of 2014. What that means is that the the DOJ, the Department of Justice, or the Drug Enforcement Agency cannot use money to prevent the advancement of industrial hemp cultivation or practices underneath the federal bill, Section 7606. So very important that we have that. And from that, the, the DEAs really come on board, Chris, to facilitate and, and really be our partner and being part of the solution. So that's really powerful. Now, our work is not done by any means. People need to take action on the state level. In addition, we need to take action on the federal level. So right now we have two bills in, in Congress. One is in the Senate. That's S-359, Industrial Hemp Farming Act. And, um, oh, pardon me, actually, that is, the, that was the previous years. I do apologize. This year for the um, the bill in the House is HR five two five. Pardon me. So that's HR five two five is the Industrial Hemp Act that's in the House of Representatives, and the new number for the Senate bill is Senate one three four. Now, essentially, what they say is that it would um, amend the Controlled Substance Act to exclude industrial hemp as a definition of marijuana and defines industrial hemp to mean uh, I mean a plant of the cannabis L, sativa L species um, that has a 0.3% or less THC, which coincides with the majority of the rest of the globe sort of definition of industrial hemp. Now, some of those definitions are, are different, but those are ways that we can definitely take action. And your voice does matter. So we definitely ask people to reach out to go to votehemp.com, go right up to the top there on the site, go to the Take Action tab, super easy, put in your zip code, it'll pop up with who your representatives are. And, you know, I always want to let people know it's okay if you don't have all the answers, call and say, I'm a constituent and I am concerned or I have questions. And that's what they're looking for, Chris. Now, so it sounds like the bill that's been proposed now and passed with our representatives, if it if it if they follow through and turn it into law, then it's officially legal to grow industrial hemp across America. Is that is that where we're at right now? It will be officially legal to grow industrial hemp in states that have legislation. Ah. So the federal bill has says, okay, well, if we pass this, the federal government will say, okay, yes, but then they will allow the states to then pass their own legislation. So this is really good. I mean, we're already starting to see this. We have oh, over 23 states. Um, I think maybe one just passed some new legislation because we're having legislative change happen almost on a daily basis and this has all been done by grassroots and having leadership as our political advisors uh, that we're putting into the position to to make those decisions and help shape that law they are making that change and that change is really driven because people are, are voicing their opinion well, we're bumping up against a break here, real quick. I know you're. I've saw that you've taught at Oregon State. There's some courses happening there. Can you tell us real quick a little bit about that? 
Yes, absolutely. So this couple of years back, Oregon State University uh, approached uh, through some communication about launching a course. So there is a three-credit-hour university-level course solely focused wow. on industrial hemp. It is an e-campus course, so you can take this course from anywhere in the world. Everybody pays the same price to take the course because it is three-credit hours, but you can audit the class, so that means you can basically access the class without having to do any of the work, if you would like, so to use it as an like an extended education learning tool. And it's so great. I mean, this term we had 53 students. And essentially what I was able to do for the course was bring together what I would say would be many different experts looking at biocomposites, working with Dr. Chad Alvin at the University of North Dakota, for instance, and, and using hemp as a, a fuel source from Dr. Richard Prana at University of Connecticut. So I tried to bring together a lot of people that I have a lot of respect for in the sector to present the material so that we have a diversified outlook on what is industrial hemp, what are its pros, what are its cons, and how can we move it forward through academia, which is so important. So we're producing those peer-reviewed papers and really creating the next workforce that will be dedicated and want to dedicate their life work to industrial hemp. That is awesome. I'll have to have you shoot me a link to that course. Like when I post the uh, show, for those that listen to the recorded version later, they can click right to that course and, and find it. That would be great. Andrea, th- thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, you said you might be able to stick around. So, folks, if you're listening, you can uh, call in 866-472-5787. We should get to some calls before the end of the show. I can't promise that, but we've got a lot to cover here. After this break, we're going to be talking to the CEO of Hemp Inc., the first publicly traded company all about hemp right after this message from Matthew McConaughey. Would it be crazy if you just stopped everything, packed your bags and left for a week, a month, a year? What if you left for two years? Would people think you'd lost your mind? What if you were going far away to help in a village on the edge of the Gobi Desert? A village crowded with Buddhist temples, not skyscrapers. A place where there isn't a word for recluse, but a thousand words for community. Would it be crazy to go 5,000 miles from home? To spend time with people the rest of the world only reads about? To build libraries and fill them with stories? Prepare a meal with food you helped grow? To teach children? and learn a thing or two about yourself. Would that be crazy? Peace Corps. Life is calling. How far will you go? To find out more, call 1-800-424-8580 or visit peacecorps.gov. Hemp Inc. is the first publicly traded company focused on growing and processing hemp right here in the United States of America. The USA is the number one importer of hemp, and as more farmers begin growing it here in the United States, Hemp Inc. stands ready with the only equipment in North America to process the crops. Hemp Inc. brings you all the latest products while continuing to educate the world about the healing benefits of this incredible plant. Go to hempinc.com. That's H-E-M-P-I-N-C.com. Stock symbol H-E-M-P on the OTC market. Do you know a nonprofit that could use more money to accomplish their mission? Are you working for a charitable cause right now and need funding to do more? Nonprofitfundraising.com is dedicated to helping nonprofits and charities raise the funds they need. 
Discover the best fundraising ideas of 2015 and compare your fundraising results with others. Learn how to grow your organization and connect with more supporters at nonprofitfundraising.com. That's nonprofitfundraising.com. Welcome back to Up Close with Chris Tinney. To call in and be part of the show, dial 1-866-472-5788 from anywhere in North America. That's 1-866-472-5788. And now, back to the show. Welcome back to Up Close with Chris Tinney. And today we just got done speaking with Andrea Herman. Who's, gosh, she's involved with everybody. The Hemp Industries Association, uh, her own company building hempcrete houses, and what an awesome course she was describing at the University of Oregon. It's so great to see not only hemp finally being legal to grow for our farmers or making its way to that point, but also seeing entire industries being built around that. One of the things that you'll find on the uh, Hemp Industries website is that they've estimated that the, the, the sales this year from hemp and, and hemp-related products in the U.S. is going to be about $620 million, about $200 million just from body care products. And then when you add in all of the other products that can be made with hemp, uh, it's $620 million. That, that's not a small amount. And there's some entrepreneurs out there that have gotten involved in hemp because they not only see the, the, the huge potential financially, but they understand that hemp really can make a difference when we, you know, one acre of hemp is, is, you know, acres of trees that you'd have to cut down and and the hemp grows, you know, a new crop more than once a year, you can, you can get one off. So it's really exciting to see that the very first company that really got serious about hemp that I am aware of that's publicly traded that you can buy. It's a stock symbol, H E M P. How cool is that is hemp Inc. And the CEO is Bruce Perlowin. Now, back in the day, gosh, probably nearly two decades ago, he was dubbed the king of pot. He had a whole fleet of boats, and he ran hemp uh, marijuana in and became one of the the biggest distributors in the country. They claimed the world when they were going after him. (laughs) And he's now since started a company that not only is focused on the legal part of the business. I don't think anybody knows any more about this plant or this industry than he does. Uh, But he started Hemp Inc., a publicly traded company, to focus on hemp-related products. He has a plant that can actually process the hemp. And, and, and he's a huge philanthropist. Not only has he donated to Patch Adams to build hospitals for children, the Agape Church with Michael Beckwith, uh, the, the nonprofit I'm involved in, Spread Peace USA, to, to feed the homeless, $10,000. Uh, he, he's just making a, a huge difference in a lot of people's lives. Bruce Perlowin, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Chris. It's my pleasure. Well, I got to ask you this. You've gone from being chased by the cops to being celebrated on uh, Bloomberg TV, the I saw you a couple weeks ago. What, what do you think has changed? Why, is, is this just too important of an issue? I know you've still got friends in jail that wouldn't even go into jail if they were caught today. Maybe you can just share with me what you think has changed that, that's lighting this up. Well, I think what's, what's changed is um, information. I, people back in the day, you know, when I was growing up, marijuana was the evil weed. Uh, you know, your you know, Reefer Madness, the the, the movie yeah. was was created to scare people about marijuana. 
And um, little by little, my whole generation, the post-war baby boom, the hippies of the 60s, we knew that it was all a bunch of baloney. My dad actually thought it was a communist plot, that the communists were sending, getting all the kids to take marijuana to wow. destroy our nation. And so information, first of all, when people smoke medical marijuana recreationally or for medical uses, they find out that, no, you don't become a... Uh, you know, uh, uh, a crazed out maniac. That's number one. Uh, in fact, quite the opposite happens. Uh, and number two is the medicinal value of it over the years. As my generation got older, uh, they realized there really was medicinal uh, usage. When I first came out to California from Florida and opened up a company called Medical Marijuana Inc., which was the first publicly traded company in this sector, which there's now over 250 of them, which is an economic force to be reckoned with that will definitely uh, infuse a lot of money into this industry and help legalize it um, and help build on all the work that the, uh, everybody else has done uh, to help legalize it. I, I had to get my medical marijuana card um, in California. So I went in there and I said to the doctor, I said, look, you know, I haven't been in this industry for the last 10 or 15 years, maybe 20 years. I go, what is the deal here? I go, how many people are coming in here just to get high, you know, and how many people are using, really using it for recreational? And he told me, you know, this goes back seven years. He said, when I first started, 20% of the people were using it for medicine and 80% of it were just using it to, to for recreational purposes. He goes, well, what ends up happening is elderly people especially said, hey, this really did take my pain away. Oh, this really did help me sleep. This really does calm me down. And so they started word of mouth spreading around, you know, to the other elderly people that this really works. And little by little, uh, the people with those aches and pains and those conditions, post-traumatic stress disorder, whatever the condition was, it spread. And now, he said, six years, seven years later, 20% of them are using are coming in for recreational only, and 80% are coming in for the medicinal value of the medical marijuana. All right, now that's marijuana. Industrial hemp, as we all know, if you have any brains, it does not get you high. You can smoke a joint the size of a telephone pole, and you <laughs> might get a headache, but you're not going to get high. <clears throat> All right, so um, I was doing some, you know, uh, go, go, let's go back three and a half, four years ago. I was doing a lot of SEO work and Internet work, and the guy who was doing it for me said, look, there's 300,000 searches a month on marijuana. There is 1.2 million searches a month on what is hemp. And there's 1.2 million on searches a month on what's the difference between hemp and marijuana. Now, there's only so many 1.2 million searches and information being disseminated to those 1.2 million people, you know, six, five, six years later before people realize medical marijuana is one thing. Industrial hemp is something totally different. You build stuff and you make stuff with it and it's a superfood and you can't get high. So that, that's the big change. The big change is the information. You don't have a bunch of wackos running the country trying to scare people and, you know, for whatever their reason was. We know that the, the, the big target, as you said at the beginning, was the, um, the, con the industrial concerns of, in those cases, Hearst and DuPont competing against their paper concerns and their plastic concerns. 
Um, they didn't want this new crop. And, you know, that just sort of makes sense. If people think about it, I don't believe in a conspiracy. I just believe in what human nature. I, that's Ken, Chris, you and I are running a paper company. And we have billions of dollars in forest, in mills, in pulp mills, and paper mills to make our paper because we buy our paper from ourselves to run our newspapers. Uh, and we employ tens of thousands of people. And some hippie comes around and says, hey, this weed that grows, it takes you 20 years to grow enough trees on four acres to equal the same amount of paper that it takes to grow one acre for four months with this weed called hemp. Are you and I going to like to see that, that weed destroy our billion-dollar complex and put tens of thousands of people out of job? No, we wouldn't. Maybe you and I would because we're conscious entrepreneurs and we're socially motivated. But back then, the you know social entrepreneur and and social responsibility and cause commerce didn't exist. It was you were in business to make money, period. And um, so they didn't think like that. But that's you know that's basically how it happened. And and it's just information has changed. And people know, well, you know that it's I'm not gonna, evil We're bumping up against a break, so I'm going to ask you one more question. I, I don't want to talk all yeah. about hemp, Inc., and, the, and you've got the largest decortification machine in North America to help process it now that the farmers are going to be able to grow it. But before I do that, let me, let me ask you about that a little bit. You definitely have a different way of doing business. When I go on the news wires in and, and the financial industry, I see your triple bottom line philosophy. What is that all about? Well, it's everything I do. If you're going to make money... Right. I mean, first of all, I started selling marijuana in the old days because I believed it raises people's consciousness. Today, then I, then I didn't care that much, and I just was in it for making money and smuggling millions of pounds into America. Today, I believe it does raise people's consciousness in a very different way. Okay, so so if you're going to make money, you might as well do. It's not that hard to do something that also gives back, that helps change society, and it can be anything from you know. Um, you know, child slavery to, I mean, I have a girlfriend who has a company that she's coming out with some hemp jeans and, and hemp convert. She will not buy hemp from China because of child labor. She goes, no, they make it with child labor. I refuse to do that. So on triple bottom line, you know, I thought, first of all, I thought I was the only, you know, pioneer of giving back cause commerce and, and social causes. And I always wanted to change the world. I grew up in that generation that wanted to do that. And that's, I haven't changed uh, wanting to do that. And some guy, when I explain some guy, he goes, oh, I studied that in management school 15 years ago. It's called triple bottom line. And I go, what? And he <laughs> says, yeah, I looked it up on the Internet. And then it goes, and it was, you know, triple bottom line. It's basically people, planet, profits in that order, not profits to the sake of rake pillaging and plundering the planet and people and, you know, uh, indigenous people to, you know, to a rainforest. So I always build into my economic models a way of giving back directly, indirectly, you know, two steps away, three steps away. But if I'm not giving back and it's not helping to change society, I'm not doing it. Yeah. Well, we can definitely see that with what's happened with with Hemp Inc. and the and the in the financial markets. You've been on Bloomberg. You've been a lot of places. Bruce, can you stick around past the break? And we're going to learn all about what's happening with hemp and the different products that you're involved in and how you're moving that along. Can you can you stay with us? Absolutely. All right, folks, you're listening to Up Close with Chris Tenney. That's Bruce Perlow the CEO of Hemp Inc. Right after this break, we'll be back to learn about how he's changing the world with hemp. 
Do you know a nonprofit that could use more money to accomplish their mission? Are you working for a charitable cause right now and need funding to do more? Nonprofitfundraising.com is dedicated to helping nonprofits and charities raise the funds they need. Discover the best fundraising ideas of 2015 and compare your fundraising results with others. Learn how to grow your organization and connect with more supporters at nonprofitfundraising.com. That's nonprofitfundraising.com. What would happen if you didn't follow the established path? If you did the unexpected? Would you feel scared? Proud? Relieved? Could you explain that helping the people of Peru improve their own community would also have an effect on your own? Or assisting an entrepreneur in Ukraine to launch her small business? Or creating a support group in Malawi for children orphaned by AIDS? What if you established your own path? One that others might follow? Would you rather make your own way? Or spend your life saying, What if? Life is calling. How far will you go? Peace Corps. To find out more, call 1-800-424-8580 or go to peacecorps.gov. Welcome back to Up Close with Chris Tinney. To call in and be part of the show, dial 1-866-472-5788 from anywhere in North America. That's 1-866-472-5788. And now, back to the show. Welcome back to Up Close with Chris Tinney. We're talking about hemp today, folks. We're talking about all the different ways. We're packing it in. I think every one of these segments we could speak for an hour or two about uh, Andrea Herman being on it uh, in the first part of the show talking about everything that she's working on with vote hemp and and her hemp creek company and and the legislation that's going through that we're finally at the point where the feds are going to uh, you know allow the states to to pass legislation without being in fear of breaking federal law so it's really all about the bust open here on the hemp front people are you know people are passionate about hemp i i just read something the other day that um, it, it has anti antimicrobial features which means that uh, it, it fights off staph disease and other things so hospitals are looking at hemp sheets and and for baby cribs and things like that i've i've seen how it can make a difference for the environment and i'm real passionate about keeping our farmers safe i i, I buy organic because i well i you know I, I like to be fair to 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 the farmers out there that are out growing this and their families that are dealing with the pesticides this is a plant that is truly unique and with with uh, Hemp Industries Association estimating that this year in 2015 sales could go over 620 million dollars. So, a lot of people are saying, "Well, how do I get involved in this?" Well, Andrea had a lot of great suggestions. Go to Vote Hemp. You know, click on the link. But one of the things you can do is you can vote with your dollars. You can buy hemp products. Support the people that are out there trying to make this work and trying to create a better planet for us. So, so try to buy hemp whenever you can. And in making investments, you might want to look at the hemp, the, the, the hemp companies that are out there. Many of them are publicly traded. And we're talking to Bruce Perlowin, the CEO of Hemp Inc. It's the very first publicly traded company that's all about hemp. And Bruce, the thing that I find interesting, it was only about three or four years ago uh, that there were only, gosh, I think maybe like a dozen 
stocks out there that you could invest in that had anything to do with either hemp, and none of them had anything to do with hemp, or, or medical marijuana, which mainly went on the supplies. Now today, when I go in there and I type that in on Investor Hub or one of my investment sites that I use, I, you know, there's over 175 different companies. And, and what I've learned is that it's really, uh, for myself, I just like to stay with companies like yours that I've known, that have been there from the beginning, that have the connections. Maybe you can tell us, you know, how is Hemp Inc. different than, than the other companies that are out there? Well, Hemp Inc., like most companies that are out there in the beginning days, there's so much opportunity here uh, in, in, the, in, in this sector. Uh, just like Andrea said earlier, that hemp is so diversified. So, you know, what do we want to do? A TV show, a radio show, a magazine? Do we want to open a dispensary? Do we want to open up a delivery service? Do we want to do seminars? Do we want to have educational classes? Um, and there's a million possibilities. And it takes a while before you really get traction and decide what you want to do. And the difference between us is that we're just older and we're more locked into something really, really solid. And the thing that we're locked into that is really solid is our 70,000-square-foot warehouse in North, uh, North Carolina that has the largest decortication plant uh, in North or South America. There's only five of these machines this size in the entire world, two in South Africa, two in Europe, and the one that we have. And ours was not built to process hemp. Uh, interesting story, the tobacco companies lost a lawsuit years and years ago. And one of the things that they had to do was to find an alternative to tobacco in that area. So two of the big tobacco companies teamed up, spent $15 million and built this decortication plant, and they were using it to decorticate um, uh, canaf which is similar, very, very similar to hemp, but it's, uh, it's just a regular weed, and, and they uh, uh, made horse bedding out of it. After they ran it for five years, they said, we're done, close the thing down. You know, we're not into making horse bedding or tobacco coffee still. And, um, and they shut the thing down and put a check mark in the box that they complied with the government uh, uh, stipulation that they had to find an alternative to tobacco. Uh, some company bought it. They couldn't make anything work out. Whatever happened, I don't know. They went into bankruptcy, and we bought it out of bankruptcy. So we got a really good deal. Uh, I, now, when I bought the equipment, now this is 150 feet long. I, it crosses over, comes back 150 feet. It's um, you know 20 feet tall, 8, 10 feet wide. And it's giant. It's a huge, huge uh, uh uh, machine to make fiber, to take fiber out of either canaf and hemp. And hemp is not legal in North Carolina, so I said, this is great. Right? We'll process canaf and make money on the canaf just until they legalize it. Because we know trying to stop marijuana or hemp from being legalized uh, all over in every state is like trying to sweep back the incoming tide with the broom. I like to say we've won the war, now we're just negotiating the terms of the of the surrender. That's when I want to be a wise guy. I say that. But the truth is, we have one so war, us, but we what, still need to keep fighting it. So you, you mentioned your plant out there. So what, what are you going to be doing at that plant? What kinds of material products could be brought to market through that plant? Can you share a little bit about that? Sure. Okay. So when we bought the, the equipment, we did not buy the building. So about 30 miles away, there was a, a building big enough to house this material. I mean, this equipment. So I bought the, the building 30 miles away. That's a 70,000 square foot building on nine acres. 
And then we bought a couple of semis and started disassembling the plant. Now, this plant was made in Germany by a company called Tamafa. So we didn't just dis- disassemble it. We brought the Tamafa engineer in to watch us disassemble it, make sure we're doing everything right. I, and then we moved all the equipment over to our new plant. Uh, and then we started doing things like improvements on the building, putting up new lighting. Um, and then we flew the Tamafa engineer. He just got in about a week ago or maybe a little longer. And he has now supervised putting this plant back together. Just to give you an idea, electrically, there's 300 miles of electrical cabling with 10,000 electrical connections. So that's not something you want to take on lightly wow. and put back together without a, the engineer from the company that built it you know, telling you what to do. And it's an example. One of the things we had to do there, which I just called in before the show to get an update, is uh, we're three-phase. The power company uh, did not have three-phase. So we had to dig, build a road, dig a big trench, trench the whole thing out. That's all done. And tomorrow, actually, they come to do the inspection, and we have to run the power into a switching box on the inside of the plant and then install this big three-phase uh, uh, piece of equipment from the electrical company. So that'll be all done this coming week, the electrical. And they've already started putting it back into place. We've installed cameras, so hopefully in another week you'll be able to go to our website, hempinc.com, and actually see the installation occur or the last part of the installation occur as it's occurring. Because you can tell people all you want. You know, we have this plant, it's 70,000 square feet, the giant equipment. But when you actually can see it, especially if you go there and you can see it, then you're really right. impressed. But at least we can see it over video on our, on the Internet. It, it's it's a real. It's something you can touch. A lot of new companies haven't decided yet exactly what they're going to do. And if they did decide, you know, 20 other companies are already doing that same thing, and they may not know that. I mean, you get guys come to us all the time with this great idea, and it's the 20th time we've heard the great idea that they just discovered themselves and nobody else knows it. Um so we know where we're going. We know what we're doing. We're also going to build a um, about a, a GMP compliant room to eventually put a CO2 uh, CBD extractor in there and extract our own CBDs uh, in that plant. We've got plenty of extra room to do that because we're going to get all the hemp there anyways. So if you want to get fiber from your hemp, you're not going to do it unless you come to our plant. There are smaller decortication um, uh, machinery, which we will be selling also. We're actually building our own smaller versions of this giant wow. thing. It'll do about one-twelfth as much of our plant, but at least we can take it out to the farmers uh, and or sell it, lease it to them and process their hemp there or, and or sell it to them. So we'll be doing the smaller units. My job, is, is the way I see it, is to get as much hemp products into the market in as many different forms as possible to demonstrate not only how cool the the hemp products are, like our nutraceutical line, you know, hemp is considered a superfood. You know, the protein's amazing. The oil is incredible. The seeds can, you know, uh, keep you alive all by themselves for, I forget, 30, 60, or 90 days. So you got the superfoods, you got the cosmetics, you got the building material, you got the textiles and clothing. So we want to do as many of those as possible, one by one. I. Wow, that, that's exciting. Hey, Bruce, we have a caller, Jennifer from California. Are you on the line? Yes. Jennifer, uh, go ahead. You have a question, comment? 
Yes, I'm wondering uh, where exactly can we go to buy stock in your company? Because I went to the local brokerage house here, and they were more than happy to help me buy the stock they thought I should buy. But when I told them <laughs> I want to buy stock in Hemp Incorporated, they said they, they didn't have any. Oh, they're, li- they're lying. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> they're lying. You can, you can go, you can buy hemping stock from any brokerage house anywhere in America. And for them to say they don't have any, that's not, I don't understand that, that, that answer because they're not, yeah, well, first of all, they're, they don't, they don't sell you stock that they own. They sell it on the open market. We sell an average of 11 million shares every day. Right, so somebody is selling and somebody is buying 11 million shares. So when you say, I want to buy him, think they don't need to have it. Chris Tinney may want to sell some of his on the open market or John, you know, right. John to Sam or Sally may want to sell it. So for them to say they don't have it, the, uh, the, the, one, they're misleading you. Two, the, any brokerage firm can buy, you know, up to, you know, like I said, 11 million shares a day trades. So for them to say they don't have it. I don't understand that because what you can only buy stock that they own. No, you buy it on the open market. Uh, I would right. change brokerage firms. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what, Jennifer, and thank you for that for that call, Jennifer, because that's an important point. Uh, you know, I've owned a brokerage firm. I used to teach the course to all the people that wanted to be stockbrokers for their Series Seven, Twenty Four, Twenty Six, all those various licenses. And there are a lot of companies. I'll tell you that that uh, either a don't deal in the over-the-counter market because this is the OTC market. Uh, this is where, matter of fact, if you bought uh, Microsoft uh, at a comparable price, four cents a share it went public at, you'd be <laughs> that would be worth tens of thousands of dollars today. So it's an exciting market, but it's also a market where you want to know the people you're investing in, people like Bruce and Hemp Inc. and and you know uh, people that you know. So a lot of times they're just lazy because one, they they want to you know sell on the New York Stock Exchange or those easy transactions. Um, same thing with mutual funds. I always used to tell my clients sometimes their needs outweigh those of their investors. I think we saw that through the whole financial crisis. Uh, but I know on E-Trade, Bruce, I had somebody just the other day tell me that they uh, opened up an E-Trade account and bought it over E-Trade. And uh, I know that most of the most of the firms shouldn't have any problem getting it for you. You just let them know that it's stock symbol H-E-M-P. Uh, we're going to be back after this break. Feel free to call in if you have a question. I think Andrea is still on the line. So if you uh, have a question for her after this break, you'll be able to ask it as well. And Bruce, we'll, we'll be back with the people right after this break. I'm Elena. I have a master's degree in giving hope to children in Ethiopia. I'm John. My farm experience helped villagers in the Philippines feed themselves. I'm Nanaya. I have a degree in making an impact for generations to come. If you have a degree in agriculture, the environment, or teaching English, you actually have a degree in doing more than you ever thought possible. Peace Corps volunteers can truly make a difference in the lives of people all over the world. With your skills and education, you could help create an irrigation system for a small village in Paraguay, or share new teaching methods to educators in Moldova. The experiences you'll gain in the Peace Corps will stay with you forever. This is your chance to make a real difference, a difference only you can make. Explore how the Peace Corps can fit into your future. Visit peacecorps.gov. My resume. My resume. My resume now includes changing lives. 
Do you know a nonprofit that could use more money to accomplish their mission? Are you working for a charitable cause right now and need funding to do more? Nonprofitfundraising.com is dedicated to helping nonprofits and charities raise the funds they need. Discover the best fundraising ideas of 2015 and compare your fundraising results with others. Learn how to grow your organization and connect with more supporters at nonprofitfundraising.com. That's nonprofitfundraising.com. Hemp Inc. is the first publicly traded company focused on growing and processing hemp right here in the United States of America. The USA is the number one importer of hemp, and as more farmers begin growing it here in the United States, Hemp Inc. stands ready with the only equipment in North America to process the crops. Hemp Inc. brings you all the latest products while continuing to educate the world about the healing benefits of this incredible plant. Go to hempinc.com. That's H-E-M-P-I-N-C.com. Stock symbol H-E-M-P on the OTC market. Welcome back to Up Close with Chris Tinney. To call in and be part of the show, dial 1-866-472-5788 from anywhere in North America. That's 1-866-472-5788. And now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show. This is Chris Tinney, your host. We're talking to Andrea Herman, who's uh, worked with uh, the Hemp Industries Association, uh, the Hemp Create. And Andrea, you've got so many things that you're involved in, special projects for just about every, every nonprofit out there involved in hemp. I saw you years ago when you were speaking at a convention that a company had brought you in on about hemp and, and working with the farmers and helping them track over. And then we've just got done speaking with Bruce Perlowin, the CEO of Hemp Inc. And Bruce, you said you had a question for, for Andrea. Yes, I do. Um, first of all, I want to let everyone know that Andrea has been one of my heroes for the last seven years since I've been in this industry, um, since I've been in this industry in the legal side, I should say. And uh, I love the work she does. I mean, she's awesome. Um, but here's my question. Uh, I, uh, did you say, Chris, that um, Andrea is making hempcrete houses? Andrea, are you making hempcrete houses or part of a company that does that? Yes, uh, with Hemp Technologies, and we supply the ingredients um, and expertise for Hemp Creek construction and then help align clients with designers or engineers or builders that are actually working in their area. Yes. Okay, because I need to know how to get in touch with you because I want to build. I have a 4,500-acre eco-village that I'm I'm building uh, 80 miles from Las Vegas where I live, and... um, the, the foundations, I have six domes going in right now, and they're all going to be um, hemp adobe uh, or paramagnetic hemp cement. You know, everyone calls it a different name. It's um, magnesium oxide mixed in with local dirt and a lot of hemp. And I want to build a hempcrete house out there uh, um, to demonstrate to the world this is hempcrete. You know, I mean, I, I, we're building hemp adobe. We're making adobe bricks with hemp in it. Um, but I don't have any contact for for the hempcrete houses, and I absolutely would be totally remiss if I didn't build. Everything I'm building out there, I put as much hemp into the building materials as possible, and a hempcrete house is next on my list to build. So if you, if, uh, if you don't mind, if Chris gives me later on your phone number, I'd love to talk to you. 
and that course yeah, that we talked absolutely. about. Yeah, absolutely. And people can always go and check out hemp-technologies.com. There's so much information packed on the website for people. There's a great questions and answers. And absolutely, Bruce, we can help not only you know with providing the actual herd until your facility is up and running and being able to supply that to the local market or to the domestic market, but we can be able to supply the herd. We've got special arrangements to be able to get ready-made binders or the lime and also expertise of people that we work with within a, within a network of people that would be able to come down and help do training for your team and, and really pass that knowledge on. That's awesome. And I've got, just so you know, also I've got $100,000 worth of cameras on that land so I can not just build an eco-village and build hempcrete houses and paramedic hemp cement, but demonstrate it, live streaming video to the world, step-by-step, step, how you do it. So... Um, you know, the whole world will be watching when we build this hempcrete house. So I'm looking forward to talking to you. And also, I'm going to, I've been trying to take that course from the Oregon State University for, I don't know, five years, ever since Dave, the guy that makes hemp shield, which we also use in all of our wood out there. Um, he told me about it. And uh, now, now, that, now I wrote it down. I'll make sure not only do I, but everybody I work with in my companies all take that course because that's a, a great course to give you a foundation about hemp and industrial uses of it. So, Thank you for mentioning that again on the air. Absolutely. And like you were talking about, I you know appreciate the fact of talking about not only, you know, you have this big piece of machinery, but also looking at the economy of scale and how can we help create machinery that is really going to be able to help build a small rural community and, and the concept of smaller agriculture and having cooperative type of machinery that we can afford to move around to on site. Yeah, that I want to talk to you. You have a machine that does something similar. What, tell me, because I want to get one of those as well. Because Arizona, you can grow hemp in, and I've, I wasn't going to do it because I was in the middle of the desert. But now we have a well that produces like six hundred fifty-five gallons per minute, and we're now running a pipe to our land from that well. And um, I definitely want to grow hemp there. Tell me about what. Tell, can you explain what your machine does? Because I'm very interested in getting one of those as well. And you're right. My big machine does, my big decortication machine is great, but 3,000 acres of hemp maximizes the output of that machine. And there used to be, what, 178,000 acres of hemp grown in America? So that machine is not going to cut it except for the local region. That's why I'm very interested in these smaller machines um, to bring to the farmers so that they can be growing hemp everywhere and not have to truck it all the way to North Carolina. We'll have plenty of hemp grown in locally for that. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, the little machine I've been working on with uh, Forsberg Equipment is a mini dehauling machine. So this is actually going to create the hemp hearts or the shelled hemp or the you know decorticated hemp, depending on uh, in the French kind of language as talking about removing that shell. So yes, it's a mini dehauler, and really just the dehauler unit itself. Now that doesn't mean you don't have the shaker table and the additional separators and these kinds of things, but the hauler itself, once you remove the legs, the legs and the unit can actually fit in the back of my Nissan Altima car. Um, wow, right in the that's back exciting. Seat. And now you can, you know, what, now that is only going to give you a crude decorticate, uh, de-hauling, and then you got to, you know, if you don't have the additional machine, then you lay out some screens and you pour it on there, you screen it, and then you pour it onto the next screen and you shake it, and you can, so it can be something that 
You can do by hand or something that we've got the small amount of equipment to help with the complete line. That's perfect. Well, so Andrew, I'll be, let me ask both of you guys something. What do you, what do you guys see as what, – what's the biggest thing a consumer like me is going to notice maybe – five years from now. Hemp, let's say hemp gets approved this year and, the, and, the, and a few of the states get active on making it legal for their people. I mean, wh- what do you think the average consumer would, would actually, is it different products? Is it, is it cost savings? I mean, what do you think we might, what would be the tangible things that we'll notice? Either one of well, you I'll let Andrea answer that first and I'll answer it second. Mm. Uh, I, I think number one thing is that we've, as I said, we've only scratched the surface as we look at, you know, getting into the food market per se. You know, we don't need right. to have it be the hemp sunrise bar. It can just be called the sunrise bar and hemp can be an ingredient. So really about getting this in to the common person and so that it can become a staple in our diet and not something that we're just picking up at a specialty store. So I'd really love, like right. to see that mainstream happening. And of course, as we look at renovation and healthy living spaces. This is so important as we move away from the toxic home syndrome and move into the safe access home. Well, that's great. And, and how I see it is I'm building eco-villages. Uh, the first one is, you know, out, uh, you know, like I mentioned, 80 miles from Vegas on the Arizona side. And um, I see uh, the, these machines as an income stream because a lot of people want to move back to the land. And that's great. But how do you make money in the middle of, in my case, the middle of the desert? So as many businesses as I can create out there is what I'm also showcasing. And the hemp, Andrea's hemp uh, heart-making machine is perfect for somebody who wants to move out to the land and have a little community business um, to help them live off the land and make an income because hemp hearts are unbelievably healthy and tasty. So for me, that's a perfect small business for a community or for an individual uh, homestead. Well, and let me, I'll, I'll shoot this one at you first, and then, uh, Andrea, I'll, I'll come to you with it. So I, I see every day in my stream on Facebook and elsewhere that, it, you know, everybody's after CBDs and the science behind what it's doing to, to help heal people and, uh, I mean, just all sorts of incredible benefits from the CBDs. Um, Bruce, what, what do you see happening on that front? What, 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 are you going to be extracting that from the hemp? I, I know you can get it from hemp, and you can also get it from from marijuana as well. Um, what, what do you see happening with CBDs in the future? Well, for our company personally, uh, I announced a press release two press or two or three press releases ago that we are actually going to be doing CBDs in um, making a GMP, which is good manufacturing uh, practices compliant building. And by the time we get around to getting ready to buy the equipment, I believe it'll be legal in North Carolina. Meanwhile, we're going to duplicate the same exact thing in um, in our land in uh, Arizona because it is legal in Arizona. You can grow hemp. you got to go to the university. And I plan to also build a CBD extraction uh, 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 room out there as well because, again, for a small community or even a big community, but in our case it's sort of small compared to a city, um, it is a, another income stream that people who are living on the land can buy. And CBDs right now, at least, are extremely expensive. The price will go down. And that is the, you know, the big, strong medicinal part of the hemp plant. And I'll only be using hemp stock and stem because that's what the law is. 
And I have a feeling that they'd probably come after me if I got involved in marijuana because of my background. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're already on their radar, Bruce. <laughs> you're yeah. already on their radar. <laughs> Andrea, what do, what do you see happening with CBDs going forward? Well, right now, the sort of we're in this curious legal state of where CBD is. If we look at the definitions or the um, interpretations coming through the DEA and the FDA, there is some question about where does that lie on its market stand on what you can call and how you can market it. But right now, with the Therapeutic Hemp Act in Congress, we have an opportunity to really voice our opinion and make the federal legislative change so that we can remove any gray area and really open up, as Bruce said, the market and also to drive that price down. Because if we look at the benefits that we're seeing, and this is benefits not only not, I want to say antidotal, but actual things that are happening with people, plus the backing of the peer-reviewed science that's coming forward. And we're going to see a massive growth in that peer-reviewed science that will support us as we move forward and support that legislative change. So that's the Therapeutic um, Hemp Act. It's right now in Congress. So, you know, definitely reach out and voice your opinion so that we can remove the gray area. Well, thank you so much, guys, for joining us today. We took it right up against the clock for another week on Up Close with Chris Tinney. Make sure you check out ChrisTinney.com. We'll post the show links to everybody's pages. Andrea Herman, thank you for joining us. Hemp Industries Association, Vote Hemp, and uh, congratulations on on your own company and doing the great things with building these non-toxic houses. I forget what you called that. That was a great term. And Bruce Perlin, the CEO of Hemp Inc., the first publicly traded company all about hemp. Stock symbol H-E-M-P. We'll see you next week on Up Close with Chris Tenney. This is the end of the show. You don't have to let the conversation end now. Visit ChrisTinney.com to learn more about today's topic. Listen to past shows and connect with like-minded people. Up Close with Chris Tinney is broadcast live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel and rebroadcast online and throughout North America in select markets. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. And we'll see you next week on Up Close with Chris Tinney.